Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back fit and firing on a Friday night. Absolutely delighted to be here. Now, well, I tell you what, there's a lot of pent-up energy in the room. If you've stayed up to date with our socials, uh, you'll be aware that I've had some pretty extensive, uh, extensive computer updates. I have been sitting here for the best part of three hours waiting for this sucker to update, and the moment's finally arrived. Now, I've just quick shout out to Mr. Roy Hancock. I've just touched base with him, seeking some inspirational words. Um, as I said, energy's high, but it wasn't a few moments ago. My uh, enthusiasm was somewhat waning, but he's given me the line some can and some can't. I can. So I appreciate those words, my man. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to gear up here for another massive episode. Um, the energy's I, I feel refreshed after that little chat with you. So shout out to you. Hope you're enjoying your break at the minute, yourself and Mr. Lee Hancock. Um, and hopefully look forward to seeing you for next week's episode, which I'll, I'll touch on shortly soon. Before we get into that, though, guys, a big shout out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. Those two entities doing massive things for us in the US and Australia, helping not only us, but other content producers out there broadcast their work um, and showcase everything that they have to offer. So, you know, we certainly appreciate all their continued support and work. As always, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok for all the latest news from the NBA and NBL, especially TikTok. It's been uh, going off like a bull in a china shop this week. Uh, myself, and then rowing the back end of the week, uploading a couple of videos there with some uh, almost, you could say, fantasy teams, fantasy lineups. Uh, had a lot of fun doing those ones, so be sure to let us know what you thought of those ones, guys. Uh, yeah, the content, I tell you what, the season, we might be in the off-season for the NBA and the NBL, but that is irrelevant. The news is still coming thick and fast. Uh, and that's why we love basketball. It does not stop. It's 12 months a year. 365, seven days a week, nonstop. It's all action and we love it. So be sure to stay up to date with those socials for the latest updates. Guys, as I said, a big episode in store. We've got a lot on the cards this week. As I said, all the odds and ends, NBA, NBL about to be recapped. We're then going to delve into some of the hidden gems within the NBA. Now, Often we speak about Luca, we speak about LeBron, we speak about Giannis, all these big-name players, these heavy hitters. This week, though, I'm going to shine a bit of a light on some of the, some of the hidden gems within the league. Now, I think these players personally are going to have big impacts on their respective teams this season, but they might not be names that come to the forefront of the mind. So I'm going to try and highlight some of them this week. And, you know, whether you're just a fan or you're a fantasy NBA participant, uh, these could be names to look out for, especially fantasy players. Later in the draft, these are names that you might uh, might want to pick up on. So we'll get into that momentarily, guys. But without further ado, let's get into some odds and ends here. Now, let's start. Arguably, for many people, myself included, maybe, uh, yeah, we'll say Christmas Day. It's one of the most highly anticipated days in the calendar. Now, that's just period. That's full stop, whether you're an NBA fan or not. If you're an NBA fan, though, that's only heightened. Um, for ourselves in Australia, it falls on Boxing Day. For our US listeners, though, 
Christmas Day, you have got a huge slate of NBA games. Now, I'm going to rip through them quickly and then touch on the game I'm most eager to see. Uh, so we have the Celtics at the Bucks. The Knicks play host to the 76ers. The Nuggets host the Phoenix Suns. The Dallas Mavericks host the Lakers. And the Warriors, Draymond and Ja Morant getting their wish. The Warriors host the Grizzlies. Tell you what, five action-packed games. And to be honest, might I just say, I'm pretty happy to be in Australia. Now, for me, Christmas Day, I enjoy having a bit of a relax, having a sleep in. Big Christmas lunch, couple of couple of beverages, and then ideally having a nap in the afternoon. That's for me. That's that's perfection. Um, but if you've got this huge slate of games, it, it doesn't really work in that well, um, especially with the nap component to that. So I'm certainly glad that they fall on Boxing Day. But for our for our US listeners, Christmas Day, I just want to give you guys a tip. Now, I know a lot of you have probably worked this out over the last couple of years, but I think you need to pace yourself. Uh, you, can't, you can't get up with too much energy too early because you'll burn out for the afternoon games. Whereas if you sleep in and kind of give it, all, give it your all for the afternoon, you're going to miss some pretty, pretty awesome matchups in the morning. So I think the key is to wake up early, pace yourself, get a couple of coffees in, get that, get that, that energy, that juice flowing, um, but uh, be sure not to burn out. Because uh, I tell you what, these five games are going to be action-packed. And personally, I can't wait for them. The game I'm most looking forward to, though, is probably the uh, the Celtics hosting the Bucks. Now, it's a point that was made on our TikTok, on our, on our Instagram over the last few weeks, even on our Facebook. I made the point that had Chris Middleton have been healthy, I think the Bucks win their matchup in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. I think if Middleton's healthy, they go through to the finals against the Warriors. Who knows how that would have played out? It's kind of a bit of a butterfly effect situation. Uh, but that's the way I think it would have played out. So I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup. Two heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference. Um, and that'll just set the scene nicely for the rest of the day. Uh, let's move ahead, though. Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers have officially re- reached a settlement agreement. Um, on the grievance that Simmons filed for $20 million worth of salary that the 76 has held due to Simmons not suiting up for their games last season. Uh, Simmons cited, men- cited mental health as the reason as to why he didn't partake in these games. Uh, but both parties have since come to an undisclosed agreement. Um, the number, as I said, undisclosed. But we can finally put to bed this issue. Between the two parties, let's move on. Um, and myself, as a as an Aussie, uh, my fellow countryman Simmons, I I I truly hope that we get to see him back at his best. I hope, you know, this puts to bed. Hopefully, he's healthy mentally, healthy emotionally, healthy physically, and we get to see the best that he has to offer. Because I truly believe, when he is healthy, he's arguably one of, if not the best defensive players within the league. Um, so I, I truly hope this season with the Nets, we get to see him back at his best. And I know for the Nets, a lot of things are in the air at the moment. Kyrie, KD, um, who knows how that'll play out. But hypothetically, should those two both stay, you know, you pair those two with Simmons, a healthy Joe Harris, a healthy TJ Warren, uh, you know, Claxton there, the depth they possess. 
they are without a doubt a legitimate title threat. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to still there in Brooklyn, and hopefully we get to see Simmons back at his best because, as I said, he's he's truly an absolutely defensive machine. Um, and he is, like, we know he's not going to deliver on the offensive end. He's not going to be shooting threes. He's no good from the free throw line on the jump shot front. But what he can do defensively, um, if you enable those KDs, those Kyries in the squad to just go out and bowl, uh, he's more than going to make up for it on the defensive end. So, you know, a bit of Aussie pride. Uh, I certainly hope he can bounce back there. Uh, during the week, it was also announced LeBron the King has signed a two-year extension with the Lakers worth $97.1 million. Uh, He's got a player option in the 2024-2025 season. Uh, He's currently entering the final year of a deal worth $44.5 million. Now, it's an interesting topic because a lot of people, I saw a point during the week, if at the end of that deal, we've got another three seasons of LeBron at the Lakers. If he were to end his reign in three years' time with the Lakers with only one title, would that be considered a success or a failure? Uh, Winning that title in the bubble, it's funny, by a lot of players' standards, if they win a title, it would have been seen as a success, full stop, no worries at all. But given the lofty expectations that we've come to put on LeBron, a lot of people would see this as a failure, his time with the Lakers. Now, I... It's hard to gauge um, whether over the next couple of seasons they'll be in title contention. I certainly hope so. I think if you've got LeBron, arguably one of, if not the greatest player of all time, paired alongside AD, you've got either Westbrook or or Kyrie uh, suiting up as well. I still think they're a punter's chance of winning another title. Uh, LeBron gets to five, overtakes Kareem as the the leading all-time scorer. Uh, the debate becomes a little more uh, intensified against against Michael there for the greatest of all time. So uh, it's going to be a, certainly an interesting couple of years with LeBron. Interesting to see how it plays out with Bronny coming into the league, you would imagine, in the next couple of seasons. Uh, but as our, as our resident Lakers fan, I'm certainly hoping for big things from the King over the next couple of seasons. Speaking of the greatest of all time, uh, of one little fact I saw during the week tying in with Michael Jordan. Now, how's this? In 1984, Nike had hoped that the Jordan brand would sell $3 million over the coming four years. So $3 million over four years. Nike now generates $3 million every five hours across the Jordan brand. Uh, it's, it's just baffling. It truly, truly isn't. It just speaks to the volumes that the impact that Jordan had on and off the court. Uh, It's crazy to think his legacy nearly two decades on is still just, it's still just running rampant throughout the league. Uh, The power that he has to, when you speak of players that transcend the league, he absolutely epitomizes it. Um, And I just found that really quite a fun fact during the week. Um, It's uh, it, it, it truly is baffling. So, as I said, $3 million over four years Nike had hoped for in 1984. Now, $3 million every five hours. Tell you what, that is some business play from Phil Knight there. Invest in Jordan, and uh, it has absolutely exploded. Uh, let's move ahead, though. Now, a point I had, if you tuned into last week's show, I spoke quite extensively about 
I think that the league needed more rivalries, whether that be teams, whether that be players. I think the uh, the impact that rivalries had is profound. It, it generates excitement. It generates interest. It generates just more feeling and meaning to each of the games. And the league must have listened because during the week, the official schedule for the upcoming NBA season was released. And uh, at the back end of January, January 24th to 28th, the league is going to have 11 nationally televised games dubbed Rivalry Week um, to showcase some of the most, most prominent rivalries throughout the history of the NBA. Now, I'll rip through these 11 games, but might I just say I'm absolutely delighted with this initiative, and I certainly hope you know, January is a bit of a dead time for the NBA. It's after that Christmas hump. We're leading up to All-Star break in you know, the next month or two. Um, I certainly hope this week generates quite a bit of interest. So the 11 games are as follows that will we'll make up rivalry week. Uh, the Lakers will play the Celtics. The Knicks will play the Nets. The Lakers will play the Clippers. Boston will face Miami. The Nets will face the 76ers. Memphis will face the Warriors in a matchup redoing from Christmas Day there. Uh, the Bulls will face the Hornets. The Mavs will play the Suns. Uh, the Suns certainly hoping to make up for that blowout in game six and seven. And wow, that was just absolutely startling. Uh, the Grizzlies will face the Timberwolves. The Raptors will face the Warriors. The Nuggets will face the 76ers. Now, 11 absolutely mouthwatering matchups there. I'm absolutely buzzing for this. And as I said, I spoke about it last week. I think this is what the league needs. In terms of excitement, in terms of building those rivalries back up, not just in the NBA, but sports globally, rivalries are key. Rivalries generate that interest, generate that buzz. It's going to be absolutely flying through the media that week. Um, these 11 games are going to be huge. And it's, it's awesome. They're all nationally televised. Uh, for myself, the game I'm most looking forward to is undoubtedly the Lakers against Celtics. Uh, hopefully, myself and Roy, our resident Boston Celtics fan, will be able to watch that one together. Uh, it always sparks a bit of passion there. But uh, I'm absolutely buzzing to see that how that one plays out. It's going to be an awesome, awesome week of NBA action. Moving ahead to the NBL, just a quick point here. Uh, we had the on the Jack Jumpers front. Will Magna is still dealing with quite a significant injury. That bone bruising there is really hampering him, uh, and looks like it's going to impact the start of his season. Therefore, the Jack Jumpers have added former Southeast Melbourne Phoenix big man Tristan Forsyth to our ranks, as well as adding Josh Tomasi on a development contract. Now, these are two players we hope will have a profound impact with the Jack Jumpers organization. Uh, things are certainly building nicely and a lot to look forward to. This NBL season is by far going to be the biggest and best yet. Uh, I tell you what, though, next week, as I said, I've started a new job. Absolutely loving it. Next week, next Thursday, I've got a bit of a, uh, a networking event and we've got none other than head coach Scott Roth as the guest speaker for that one. Uh, it's certainly sure to be a wicked night. Uh, free beverages, so... I'm, uh, I'm going to turn one on. I'm going to have a couple of beverages, and uh, anyone who knows me well knows that after a beverage or seven, I, I chew ears off. I'm going to chew Scotty Roth's ear off and hopefully try and get him on the podcast, uh, which would be a major pickup for us. But also in exciting news, this Sunday, 
Uh, it'll be next week's episode. I spoke about it a few weeks ago. We have officially, pending no last-minute issues, we've locked in Isaac White, the Jack Jumpers, one of the newest recruits signing from Illawarra Hawks over to the Jack Jumpers. We've got him on for this Sunday's show. Now, Mr. Roe Hancock, who will be making his triumphant return, will be joining me for that one. Uh, can't wait. Sunday this week. It'll be released as next week's episode next Friday night. Uh, absolutely buzzing to talk to Isaac there, to talk about his move from, from the Hawks to the Jack Jumpers and how he's settling in amongst a whole host of other stuff. It's uh, certainly buzzing. As I said, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, so you, so you, so you get that one as soon as it drops because it's going to be a hot, hot little number. Uh, we can't wait. So stay tuned for that one. Guys, let's move ahead. Daily Dribble. Right, after a quick little beverage break here. Anyone who's ever done any any kind of speaking, any podcast hosting, if you've done it solo, do you guys get as thirsty as I do? I find it really dehydrating. So it's absolutely key to keep that hydration up to speed. Um, I tell you what, beverage of choice tonight, it's normally water. I'm a pretty healthy health conscious guy, but uh, after the updates that took place tonight, we're running hot with the bourbon and cola. So this episode, a uh, little forewarning, who knows how to go. Uh, Mr. Roy Hancock gave me the, uh, <laughs> gave me the pep talk earlier to try and avoid the slurring as much as possible. So fingers crossed that plays out. Um, I'll get this one uploaded tonight and then uh, assess the damage in the morning. But uh, if you drink, do. Do be sure to drink responsibly, uh, but certainly after a long week, as I said, the new job, a lot of learning to uh, to take in, uh, and the updates that took place, I, I feel I certainly deserve the, uh, the the bourbon there. Normally not a bourbon guy, but, um, you know, my, my sister got me a bottle for my birthday. Um, I, don't, I don't know about it. I'm not, a, I'm not a bourbon guy. I'm not a really a spirits guy. The only spirit that I can go for and happily enjoy Vanilla Galliano. If you want to treat yourself, get a bottle of Vanilla Galliano with Solo. And it kind of tastes like Cotty's Cordial, a bit of lime cordial there. That is by far my beverage of choice. Um, but we make do with what we have. So tonight is bourbon and cola. Very good. Actually, that is quite nice, in fairness. <laughs> okay, though, let's move ahead. As I said, hidden gems. Uh, going to discuss some of the unknown players or lesser known players that sometimes get hidden amongst the NBA stars uh, that I think will have a prominent impact on their respective teams this season. So let's get into it. I'm going to start the guy I think will, will be one of the most surprising players within the league this season is from the Spurs. It's Devin Vassell. Uh, he was the 11th pick in the 2020 draft entering his third season. I think he's set for a breakout campaign. Now, with DeJounte Murray moving over to the Hawks there, I think him and him himself and Keldon Johnson are going to have a massive responsibility on their shoulders. Um, he showed his ability to shoot the ball well, whilst also being a high-level on-ball defender, which I think is great. I'm I'm a huge advocate for two-way players. Um, and 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 Vassell certainly epitomizes that. Uh, last season, he averaged 12.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 2 assists a game, whilst also clocking up a steal a game. Uh, as I said, last season was his second year. 
made a considerable jump in all counting stat in all counting categories from his first season. And I expect that can to continue. Now, if you tuned in a couple of weeks ago, Matty Bay and I from the Fifth and Dribble podcast, we spoke about the over under for the Spurs. Um, I, I, if memory serves correctly, I think we said 24 and a half. Don't quote me on that. It was around that mark. 24 and a half wins. I think at the time we said overs, just because Greg Popovich always seems to find a way to eke out wins. After looking during the week at their depth chart, I'm going to say pound the under. Uh, Whatever it is, pound the under. Their depth chart is in all sorts. Um, I reckon they're probably at this stage running with a starting lineup of Vassell, Keldon Johnson, probably Trey Jones, Doug Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. I just don't see where they're going to get 100-plus points from a night. Um, And I think for Vassell, he's had trouble in the past creating his own shot. I think without Murray now, it leaves a bit of a problem. He's really, in his third year, as I said, he's going to have to ramp up the intensity, have to ramp up the aggressiveness and that assertiveness. Um, he's, He's got a high level of athleticism, so he certainly has the capabilities. He's got a pretty decent handle. Um, so he's just going to mentally tune himself into being more aggressive. Um, I, I certainly think, as I said, 12 and a half last season, four and a half rebounds, two assists. I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 16 points, six rebounds, four assists a game. Uh, partly due to, I think he'll take a leap in his third year, but partly because there's no one else to do it. As I said, himself and Keldon Johnson are, uh, are the stars of this team. So I, I think he's a player that will fly under the radar. I think he'll put up an increase in numbers. Um, I would be pounding the under as a Spurs fan. I think really you're pro- kind of holding out for the draft lottery, hoping you get Victor Wenbenyama. Um, touted as a generational talent. He's really, really been touted quite, quite highly here. Um, I think that's what you're holding on hope for. And as much as Popovich seems to eke out wins, I think this is a year where you just send it, you just pack her in um, and 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 tank it. You know, since the adjustment in the draft lottery odds, there's not as much incentive to tank it. But uh, if we're sitting at a 24 and a half wins, I would be pounding the under there. But that being said, I expect Devin Vassell to put an increased numbers up. And I think in a fantasy team, He could be a a bit of a hidden gem there. Let's move ahead to my second player. Now, this might be slightly contentious, a word I've used quite a bit over the last few weeks. RJ Barrett. Now, a lot of people, he's not really a hidden gem, given his output over the last season or two. That being said, I still think people might be sleeping on him a little. Sorry, a little refreshment break. Um, last season, Barrett averaged 20 points, five and a half, 5.8 rebounds and three assists. And each season, his scoring has increased. So year one, 14.3 points. Year two, 17.6 points. And then last year in year three, 20 points a game. I expect this to continue. I think by having a more, a pass first point guard with, with Brunson by his side, I think it will enable Barrett just to be more aggressive on the offensive end, as well as giving him better looks. 
I think I think Brunson's going to command a bit of attention. Um, and I think just given his level of playmaking, Barrett should get better looks, whether that be in the corner, whether that be inside. He's got the size to trouble interior defense. Um, I, I, I Last season, we saw quite a bit of a drop in his three-point three point field goal percentage. Uh, it dropped 6% from three and 3% from the field overall. But just with the looks he's going to be getting this season, I expect them to see a bit of an uptick once again. Now, last season, towards the back end of last season, we saw a bit of a transition in the Knicks setup. Uh, for the for the last 18 to 24 months, it had been Julius Randle as that number one guy. But we started to see the shift towards RJ Barrett as that number one guy, which I think personally is the right move. Uh, he's younger. I think he's more capable. He's more well-rounded. Uh, and I think the organization was more on board with that as well. So I think as they lean into him as that number one more heavily, he should see an uptick in numbers. If he averages 24 points, six rebounds, three assists, I certainly think that's on the cards. And if he does so, he could start to, you know, dependent on how the Knicks go, be in that all-star mix. Um, so I think... For as good as he is, I still think people might be sleeping on his potential. And I, I do see him as an all-star. Over the next couple of seasons, I see him starting to work his way into that mix. Um, and if he's putting up numbers like that, hypothetically, he is well and truly going to be in and around the pitcher. Now, a lot of talk, and we spoke about it a few weeks ago, uh, there's still quite a lot of chatter about Donovan Mitchell potentially joining the Knicks, if that does eventuate. I still think RJ Barrett will be a prominent factor. Just with the the attention that Mitchell will command, I think it might even almost open up Barrett more. Uh, he is capable inside and outside, and just with Mitchell potentially drawing the best defender or double teams, it should open up players like RJ Barrett, like Julius Randle, like Mitch Robinson in the paint there, um, giving them a little bit more access to easy baskets. So if that does eventuate, might be slightly less on the statistical front, but I still see him being a prominent factor within the net, uh, within the next, should I say, organization. So, uh, certainly a name to keep an eye out for there. It's almost like a ritual now after each one, a little drinks break. Wow, that is good stuff. Uh, let's move ahead to Maxi Kleber now from the Mavs there. Dallas started to really flex some muscle last season in the Western Conference, making the Western Conference finals. And as they start to kind of reinforce their status, become a more legitimate threat in the Western Conference, I think Kleber's importance will continue to grow. Now, undoubtedly, all the attention goes to Luka Doncic, and rightly so, a generational talent. Oh, when it's all said and done, might be in the top 10 all-time of NBA talent, uh, early call, but he's certainly got that potential about him. So he commands a lot of attention, as last season did Jalen Brunson. As I said, made the move to the Knicks. But last season, whilst Doncic was out, and especially in that Western Conference opening round against the Jazz, whilst Doncic was out, really asserted himself. And therefore, Kleber kind of went under the radar. Now, again, another player who's, who's two-way, which, which I love. Uh, his impact on the defensive end is huge. Uh, due, to, due to his athletic, athleticism, hate that word, athleticism, 
I got it all right then. Athleticism um, and size. He's able to affect people in the paint and on the perimeter, which I think is huge. If you've got the ability to not only be a two-way player, but be a two-way player who can go one through five, your value is is top-notch. And Kleber is that. Last season, he knocked off 6.5% off opponent's normal shooting percentage within six feet and also shaved off 4.2% from his opponent's three-point shooting percentage, which just shows his impact inside and outside, um, while almost averaging a blocker game as well. So his defensive impact for the Mavs was huge. In a team that kind of lacked a defensive identity, he really held it together. And then on the offensive end, he averaged, you know, it wasn't groundbreaking numbers, seven points, six rebounds, and assist a game. Uh, notoriously a high shooter from the field, took a little bit of a slip after last year's all-star break, but during the playoffs really ramped it up once again. He averaged 51% from the field, 43.5% from three, and 71.5% from the free throw line, which again, it just gives you another avenue. It gives you another threat. It commands attention off, off Doncic this season off Wood as well. Um, and if, if opponents decide not to pick him up, he is more than capable inside and outside, which is a huge, huge asset. Um, as I said, I think with Wood now in the fold, it will alleviate a bit of the defensive burden on his shoulders um, and hopefully enable him to be a bit more of an offensive threat alongside Luca. So certainly looking forward to the strides he can make on that end. You know, I think if he can be operating to that, you know, 10 to 11 point game, 11 points a game mark um, whilst keeping that high level of efficiency, that is a massive, massive plus for the Mavs. And I think if they're to go forth in the Western conference, he'll be a key cog in that, in that regard. Let's move ahead to my fourth and final player. I've got DeAnthony Melton. Now Melton, Joined the 76ers in the offseason from the Memphis Grizzlies. It's kind of easy to overlook him, given some of the bigger name transfers that occurred throughout the offseason. I think this could be one of the one of the best pieces of business during the offseason. Um, 46th pick in the 2018 draft, now 24 years old. Again, another player that's more than capable on both ends of the floor, which, which I love. Um, I've said it multiple times tonight. That could be our kind of our, what is it? What's the word I normally say? Oh, I've forgotten what it is. Roy would know off the top of his head, but that could be my dollar dollar mark for tonight. The uh, both ends of the floor. He's six foot two, yet his wingspan of six foot nine gives him the ability to play bigger than his size, which is a huge, huge bonus. Um, his defensive instincts are great. He's got a fantastic engine. And it enables him to track back quickly and kind of he's almost a general on the defensive end. With that speed, he's able to get back and set up that defensive unit, de- defensive uh, scheme, uh, which is fantastic. And last season averaged a steal and a half a game, which is phenomenal. On the offensive end, averaged 10, nearly 11 points, four and a half rebounds and a tick under three assists a game, always going 37.5% from three. He's a really consistent shooter from three. He went 41% the season prior, 
whilst also having that ability to create a shot for himself. Uh, I spoke about earlier in the show, Devin Vassell struggling on that front to create shots for himself. Melton's got no no worries on that front, which which is fantastic. Now, the 76 er squad, they've got some real heavy hitters. You look at Embiid, you look at Harden, you look at Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. All these guys are going to be commanding a lot of a lot of attention. This should enable Melton to kind of fly under the radar and provide another outlet when the off when the offense starts to stagnate. Um, you know, I'm not expecting a huge increase in his stats just because there's so many mouths to feed on this squad. But I think he'll be a key key cog in their quest for a title. Now they haven't won a title since 1983. Um, but there's a lot of talk around the Philly camp at the moment. And I think if any years to be it, this could be it. We've seen we've seen in this offseason Harden take that pay cut, start to kind of open up some more opportunities for, for players like PJ Tucker to come in this offseason. Daniel House, Melton as well. Uh, it's opened up a couple and couple of other avenues there. And uh the 76ers are in and around the mix. I don't want to get too high on them. They're a team that I've spoken about over the last few seasons. I've probably, I've had quite lofty expectations on them and they've continued to fall flat as in the Western Conference the Jazz have. Um, So I don't want to get too high on them, but uh, they've got the makings of a really, really good squad this season that could go all the way. And I think if they are to, I think Melton will be a key cog in that. So certainly looking forward to seeing what he can do on both ends of the floor. Guys, just to recap that, so my four players, my four hidden gems heading into this season are Devin Vassell, RJ Barrett, Maxi Kleber, and DeAnthony Melton. Guys, let me know what you think of those four picks out there, uh, where I went right, where I went wrong, any other players that you would have had in and around the mix. Um, I'm, I'm... I've got no doubt in my mind that the RJ Barrett pick will get quite a lot of backlash just because of his, uh, I guess, his prominence over the last year or two. But I hope you see my kind of point of view there that I think he's ready to take that next step. People are sleeping on him, and I think he's ready to take that all-star leap should the Knicks kind of be relevant again this season. As I said, though, guys, I've, I've had an absolute blast this week, all the engagement this week, having all those those hard-hitting conversations with you guys out there, it's, uh, it really is kind of that fuel that keeps me going this off-season. So keep it coming. Uh, I certainly love it. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show. We've got a massive episode in store for next week. As I said, Roy Hancock joining me. We've got an interview with none other than Isaac White, the Illawarra Hawk, transferring over to the Jack Jumpers. Uh, a lot to look forward to there, just hearing how his, his transition's gone what he's making of Scott Roth, how the uh, the overall group's coming together. Uh, it's going to be exciting. A lot to look forward to, as always. Guys, as I say, call to action this week, as it was last week. Any friends out there, any family, any great uncles, neighbours, cats, dogs, uncles, aunties, anyone, anyone who's got any, any sense of enjoyment out of the NBA, the NBL, Send them our way, guys. We love anyone and everyone. We love new followers. We love engaging with all you guys. So keep it coming. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go finish my glass of bourbon here. 
Tune in for an early night and get ready for Sunday's massive episode with Isaac White. Guys, till next week, big cheers from me. Enjoy the week and I will talk to you soon.